Before I get to the message tonight, I want to read you a couple things from Susanna Wesley. She had two famous sons. What were their names? John and Charles. And uh, they were, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong, but 13th and 14th of 16 children. You know, it's interesting to me, and I want to just say this very candidly, but very carefully, but uh, Jesus, God, uh, says that the fruit of the womb is His reward. It's his reward. And children are in heritage of the Lord. I think we ought to re- remember that, Mom and Dad. It's amazing to me how people have become God in regards to children. You know, one of the problems, uh, and just, uh, just I think 13 years ago, the average age of Americans was 28 years old. As they did now, is 40 years old. People are stopped having children. People are not getting married until later. People are aborting children and doing birth control, keeping, trying to keep the children. Oh, two kids are too much, whatever. And may I tell you, I don't, I don't, and I, I know you're talking, we're talking, you're listening to a man that has nine children. Never thought I would have that many children. And God doesn't give everyone the opportunity to have kids. And some of you, your hearts are broken because God never gave you that opportunity. And I, I don't, I love you and I'm, I wouldn't want to hurt you for nothing. But I will say this, that it's something about, about having children that if God allows that, you let God do what he wants to do. And if you don't like that, I think you can look at the Bible. If I can trust God for my internal destiny, I can trust God for how he plans my family. And I am for family planning. I think God ought to plan your family. And I think that might be the best way for all of us to live. And, and I think children are, a man who has children, has his quiver full of them, Will not, they'll not be embarrassed by them. They'll speak with the enemies in the gate. And God has a lot of enemies that need someone to speak with them. He needs somebody to, to intercede for him. And children, by the way, if children, if you've been raised in a Christian home, you ought to listen to the call of God upon your life. You ought to listen and be ready. If God wants you to serve him, don't stoop to be a, pres- a president when you can be a servant of Christ. And if you can spend your time winning people to Christ and discipling converts and helping people grow in the Lord, that's not a bad occupation. God doesn't want that for everybody. we got some of the finest Christian businessmen in the entire world in this room, and they're right smack in the middle of the will of God. We have some wonderful men of God, ladies of God, who work secular jobs, and they are right smack in the middle of the will of God. I wouldn't argue that for a second. But I've oftentimes wondered uh, how many times people should, God's calling, we're just not answering the phone. God's working, and we've got, we've got people less, there, first of all, there's less children, less young people in the, on the United States right now than have been in many, many years. Once the average age has gone up 12 years in just the last decade, it's unbelievable. So there's less kids out there even to promote to come to Christian college, and it's sad sometimes in the church, it's no different than the world. Now, the Muslims are having children like, like uh, rabbits. You know, some of them, they're having kids, Christians, all of a sudden, they, just, they, they, they decide what they can do, what they want to do. And I know this is a little controversial, and it's not to mention that, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I think we ought to get our cage rattled a little bit. Because sometimes uh, there's less kids that, 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 are, that are alive. The median age has risen. And, uh, and that's going to cause some problems over the years whenever we just decide we're going to be God in this situation. And I think that's going to cause some difficulty. But there's also materialism has gripped the heart of many people. And we got parents who are saying, well, now, I don't want you to starve to death. You're going to be able to take care of your family. 
And it's almost an insult, quite frankly, on the God of heaven. Now, I don't work for this church. I work for God. When I taught school, I didn't work for my school. I worked for God. And I think every Christian ought to be uh, devoted to the Lord, devoted to their families, and then they've got an occupation, and the rest of their life ought to be ministry-oriented. Build your life around serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to, to consider that. Moms and dads, be very careful. If God speaks to your children, you let him speak. You pray that God would use them. Support them in the work of God and uh, love them. If there's anybody who ought to serve God, it ought to be Christian young people. Goodness gracious, especially in a place and our church is not what it ought to be. I oftentimes say this, the biggest room in this church is not the auditorium, it's a room for improvement in every way. But then it's in most of the improvement needs to be done in the office that I occupy. But I, I want to encourage you, listen, let God work in your heart. God always leaves his choice and it's best to those who leave a choice up to him. You let God have this choice and you're going to find, and when you serve God, you can always expect more than you can expect. He always can do exceedingly abundantly, but I've always asked for things. And whatever role that God gives you to play at this time of your life, secular or full-time Christian service, everybody ought to be a full-time Christian. And give yourself to the Lord. And mamas, you pray that God would touch your child. Daddies, pray that God would touch your kids and your grandkids. Pray that God would challenge you to stir and encourage other people who are, fa who are fatherless children, who don't have their dad engaged in their heart and life. You speak strength in them. Boy, what great thoughts Brother Mark Bushy gave tonight. And that we ought to serve our families. We ought to answer them and respond to them in the right way and then speak good words to them. Uh, boy, these are, these are great and powerful truths. But Susanna Wesley, a great purposeful mom, raising 15, 16 kids and being used of God. You can find this online. You can look at it. But here's just a few things she said. Make sure your children are taught to obey their parents. They will never obey God if they do not obey their parents. And teach them to obey authority. By the way, they can learn that before they, and they'll learn all of that. Most likely they can learn all that before they can remember what happened to them. Before they're four years old, they can learn to obey, to do what is right, and to respect authority. Before they can talk, they can figure that out. If they have a mom and dad that will help them. Teach them to pray as soon as they can speak. Lead them in prayers and teach them to talk to God. Require all to be still during worship, uh, and especially family worship. Require them to be still. Give them nothing they cry for. This is what we're talking about the 1700s. We're talking about two men who moved continents by the grace of God. Give them nothing they cry up for. Teach them to cry softly so they don't disturb others. That's interesting. To prevent lying. Punish no fault that is first confessed and repented of. I remember hearing this years ago. If a child came to you and said, Mom, Dad, I did this. I did what's wrong. I'm sorry. Um, they didn't punish them. Kind of interesting. That was her, that was her philosophy there. And uh, interesting on regards to that. They came first with that. If you had to catch them, well, Katie barred the door. <laughs> if they just came, then, then that was interesting. Never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. Comment and reward and commit and reward good behavior. My brother Bushy mentioned about, boy, uh, we ought to, you oftentimes get what you praise for. 
there is something in every child's heart that wants to please and uh, learning to, to speak good words into our children, praiseful words, encouraging words, rather than nagging and always complaining and griping, or you always, you never, you're just like whatever. Uh, these are things in name-calling. Attempt, any attempt to please, even if poorly performed, should be commended. If the child is trying to do what he's supposed to do, even if it's not up to par, it should be commended. Strictly keep all promise, anything we promise we could keep, and teach your children to fear the Lord. Teach your children to fear God. These are some great thoughts. As I read those this week, I thought if I got a chance to talk to you publicly, I would at least read them to you. We're in Proverbs chapter 23, and let's look, if we can please, at a few things that every child needs to learn. And uh, these are, this is a go-to place. If you were to go to the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Long Beach, California, California, I've been there many times, scores of times, you'll find a little tombstone for Tyler Mark Wilkerson. It'll put on there that he was born on, uh, on February the 27th, 1991, and he passed away on August the, uh, the 15th in uh, 2008. I'll have some pictures of him, and then I'll have this verse, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 24, and that, uh, and it'll have the little statement, he brought us great joy. Because whoever begets a wise child shall have joy of him. And I love it when kids bring joy to their parents. You want to do that while you're alive? I'm glad he did that for 17 years, and he wasn't perfect. He needed to be saved, and I'm glad he got saved on his 10th birthday at a Christian school. It's amazing to me how God uses different things, but he heard so many life-changing messages, junior church, but it was at 10th grade, excuse me, at 10 years old on his, on his 10th birthday in his fourth grade class at a Christian school that God brought him to salvation. I'm so glad for a Christian school. So glad for Christian school teachers. I'm glad for someone who loved him enough to get engaged in that conversation with our son. I'm glad I'll see him again because of that Christian school. And I'm grateful for the partnership that's there. But let's look at verse number 10, 19. Hear thou my son and be wise and guide thine heart in the way. Number one, I would just encourage you, teach your children to listen. Listen, my son, and guide thy heart in the way. Boys and girls, learn to listen to your parents. Listen right now. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your ears. If your dad talks, your mom talks, they ask to say something, uh, I had someone the other day, not too long ago, tell me, you know, every time I talk, my kid starts talking. And your children have to learn, and they have to learn from a mom and dad. They'll not obey on their own. They must learn to listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth. We ought to catch the hint, and so should every child. And you and I ought to be good listeners. We'll listen to them, but they ought to listen to, your, to their parents. Children need to be taught to listen. Let's look at the next verse, verse number 20. Be not among wine-bibbers or, or among riotous eaters of the flesh. The second thing that, that children must uh, have some instruction on is friendships. He said, look, you've got to watch who you hang around. You've heard me say this. My dad would say, son, if you lay with dogs, you're going to get fleas. You hang with the wrong kind of people, it's going to rub off on you. It's very scriptural. He that walketh with wise men shall be, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Apostle Paul told the church at, at, at uh, Corinth, he said, look, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You hang around the wrong kind of people, it's going to corrupt your thinking, your conduct, and your conversation. It's going to mess with you. My dad used to be a real watchdog on this, and I thank God I hated it back then, but I'm thankful for right now. He could tell 
what he knew every kid in that high school, that grade I was in, he would study those kids. And he could tell if I was hanging around the wrong child. And a lot of times people, and myself, I've been, I've been subject to this. I've, I've, I've done wrong things. I've been with wrong people. And it's, and it's affected my attitude, my actions, and my association. By the way, 55 years old, I can still tell you, I have to be careful who I associate with. And so do you. You cannot help but speak of the things which you've seen and heard. You hang around the wrong kind of men, the wrong kind of women, the wrong kind of observe, observations on, your, on your, uh, uh, your feeds, your social feeds and television. It affects you. And that's on steroids with our children. He said, he said son, listen. Son, watch your fr- daughter, watch your friendships. Be not among wine-bibbers. Watch your appetites. We live in a day that we have unprecedented wealth. I, I watch kids go to college now, and, and they have a hard time going to college. But I'm telling you, it seemed like it was harder for me. I mean, I walked up hills both ways barefoot, and it was awful. You know, maybe we, we tell the story about that. But the truth of the matter is, it seems like to me a lot of times uh, wealth has come, come up. The, the cost is opportunity. It seemed like a little bit easier to get some things done today. But be careful with your appetites. Be careful what you have to have. When you have to have something every day and you can't afford it, but you keep going back to it, you can't eat a McDonald's regular hamburger. You've got to be at some other, other place that's, that's a lot higher. Be careful. Say, Pastor, you know, look, I've got the money. I can do it. Now, I'm just telling you, uh, be careful with your, he's talking about wine bibbers, right as easy as flesh. Just all it's about is the next meal, the next party, the next he said, be careful about that because you can't always keep up with them. Later on, this passage of Scripture, he says, put a knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite, especially when you're going to sit with rulers. When you've got to have the best of the best and the best. There's some folks, they wouldn't wear a certain kind of tennis shoe. They won't wear this kind of, these kind of clothes. Ah, you know, it just, it's not, well, there's, some, there's, some thing, there's something stinking thinking about that. We ought to, we ought to be careful about the, the spirit of contentment that we ought to have. And realize that God's given us everything we need for our present happiness. Some of the biggest fights sometimes happen in moms and children, dads and children, have to do with, with styles. Fellas, get your hair cut. If your mom and dad should get your hair, get your hair cut. Quit arguing about that. You know, it's a lot of acts of insecurity. You just want to be different. You want people to look at you. I always admire someone just, just kind of, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not trying to stand out. They're not trying to blend in. They're just trying to... To, to, to do what they're supposed to do and honor your father and mother. Look at the next one real quickly, if we can, please. Verse number 21, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. Would you read the rest of the verse with me? And drowsiness will, you got to teach diligence. This is probably one of the more difficult things. How many of you appreciate a dad and mom who taught you the value of work? I'm telling you. This is one of the things I love about First Baptist Church of Hammond. There are some, there's some re-re's in here, and there's some yin-yangs. But for the most part, we have one of the hardest-working clientels of people I think you'll find anywhere in the world. Some of the most industrious, innovative, hard-working people. And I admire you so very much. And young people, keep that going. Younger people, don't you find yourself sleeping in all the time every, sun, every sun, summer morning. Get up. You don't even have to make a paycheck to work. Just work. Find something to do. Moms and dads, we need to help our children find something to do. Boy, these, these guys are always having to go take naps, 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 naps. 
okay, and, and bless your little heart. Some of you need to get up and stay busy. And, uh, and, and don't stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning, 1230 at night. Get to bed a little bit early. Get up early. Have some consistency. Make your bed. Read your Bible. Do some things. Keep a clean room. Keep, a clean, uh, keep your clothes clean. Do some of the, di- the, the, the disciplined things. Need to work di- drowsiness, sleepyheads, laziness. will clothe the man with rags. He'll beg and harvest and have nothing. Because he slept, he slept when it was time to weep. He was to reap. And I, I tell you, people run around with their hand out, say, my name is Jimmy, take all you give me. Usually those folks, they're sleeping when you're awake. They have been, they have been, uh, sitting down when you've been getting up. They've been saving, they've been spending while you've been saving. They've been working while you, while, uh, they've been sitting while someone's been working and diligent. Diligence is a very important thing. And by the way, if you don't teach it, your kids won't get it. Now, every once in a while, there's just someone who just pops up and they're just diligent from the beginning. But usually they got somebody in there that motivates them to say, hang on a second, uh, listen to me. Watch out for your friends. Work diligently. Look at the next attribute, if we can, please. Verse number 22, hearken to thy father that beget thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. This just basically, listen to your dad and your mom. Don't despise your mother when she's old. As children need to be taught that that it is your responsibility one day to care for your parents. There's nothing more severe that I can think of in the New Testament than Paul's admonition to Timothy in chapter 5 of 1 Timothy. And he says to them, he said, requite your parents and your senior adults in your life. He says, if a man careth not for his own, it's not talking about his kids primarily. It's not talking about his own own stuff. It, It can include that. But in context, it's talking about aging family members. He said, whenever you can, and you're supposed to require, that means to pay back. Your parents, maybe one day you'll have to help them feed them. And that's okay. They help feed you. You might have to pull them up and change their diapers. That's not fun. But one day they change your diapers. He said, require it. He said, if a man doesn't do that, he is worse than an infidel and denied the faith. That's really serious, strong language. But the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to despise our parents when they're older. So you ah. might want to be careful about that. The Bible says the eye that mocketh his father and mother rolls their eyes. And <laughs> he said the eagle will come and pluck it out. I think it takes away their vision. It, 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 it cripples them. And here he says, these are just these are just as, I think we're looking at the Bible here, are we not? He said, look, he says, part of child rearing is teaching them that one day you may have to take care of your mom and dad. I remember walking with Linda around the lake when we were dating, and I said to her, I think she would remember this, I said, Linda, I don't know everything about this, but I do know this. If my mom or my dad or your mom and your dad ever need our help in their senior years, we're prepared. We need to prepare to do that. If we have to stop everything, hold the phone, Joan, to figure this out, we want to do what we can to do to take care of our aging family members. It's as biblical as the Bible is true. But it has to be taught and understood. 
I'm sick to death to walking in nursing homes and seeing people. And, I, and I've gone to nursing homes almost, I don't know, two, three times a month. And I see, the, I see people sit there, and they don't have visitors. And their kids live in Highland and Dyer. And they think if they come see them once a week, they've killed the big one. And I don't know, maybe there's something about that just stinks. Something about that I don't think is biblical. But we live in a very self-centered age, and everybody's thinking about them, and they don't, they don't care about the, fu- the past, the future, the past. Matter of fact, we're trying to rewrite history, trying to change it all things, you know, just what a terrible country we've been all these years. And we oftentimes forget what our mom and our dad did for us. And I remember years ago, I was, I was pastoring a church, and I need to stop here shortly, but I will say I was pastoring a church, and it was a precious widow in our church. And uh, I was there when her husband died, preached his funeral, saw him numerous times and his, as uh, his wife cared for him, and she became frail. But every month she would have less money than she needed, and so we subsidized that. He was formerly on staff as our church, and so we just kind of subsidized that. But it was really a difficult time because our church was really struggling financially. It was my early days there. I remember finding out she had three sons. All of them were full-time servants of Christ. Two of them were pastors, and another one was assistant pastor. And individually, I called each of them. I said, you know, your mom is going through a little difficult time and, and financially. And each of them said, you know, pastor, we really appreciate what the church has done for our mom. He said, well, I don't even know how she'd make it if it weren't for your church. You guys are really to be commended. Thank you for all you're doing for our mom. It's been such a blessing. You, you deserve a, a lot of gratitude, and we thank you so much. And almost to the, to the individual man I called, that's what they said. I thought to myself, here are three men of God, who have a, a, and they're letting the church take care of their mom when they are not doing that. You know, that is, God says, hey, listen, if you, have, if you have senior saints in your family, he said, relieve the church. You take care of them. Some folks say, I just want someone to go over and see my mom. You go see your mom. You get her out and around. You do what you need to do. I am really upset because no one's going over. Get, you get over there. You're the first line of responsibility. Don't despise older people when they're older. Boy, we don't want to ever do that in this church. I don't want to do that personally, and I've been guilty of that, I'm no doubt, in times past. But I think the Bible's teaching us these are important things. As you continue on, he will warn them about several other matters. One of those, immorality. He talks about a whorish woman as a deep pit. And we need to really guard ourselves and guard our children from immoral things. I think asking strong questions to your young men, to your young ladies, monitoring what they have, it's going to be important because Satan is wicked and vile and immorality is a, is a crack cocaine. Pornography is a crack cocaine. And it causes all kinds of mayhem and sadness and guilt. Every time somebody is immoral before they're married or outside of marriage, creates unbelievable guilt and physical issues. Every, every sin that a man does is without the body, but that sin is one that will be against your body. And the last section is all about alcohol. Alcohol, drugs, intoxicants. I don't care whether it's vaping or marijuana or whatever. I don't care what's legal, what's not legal. 
He said, these, these things, he says, you better watch it. You'll see it'll just take you to a piece of bread. It'll cause you all kinds of problems, and it creates addiction. And when you rise again, you say, oh, look what happened. You have wounds without cause. You're blabber. You hurt yourself. You think all kinds of foul, wicked, immoral things that come to your mind whenever you get under those, those kind of things. And then it's very addicting. And it brings you back again to stumble and fall over and over again. These are things that every mom and dad needs to be aggressive about and ask God to help us with. And you say, Pastor, I am so blessed. I'm not a parent. I'm just, I'm glad my kids are already raised. You're not off the hook. You need to pray. You need to invest. You need to love and encourage others in that process. I'd, co I'd covet your prayers myself. I want the Lord to help our kids. And uh, we want the Lord to help us. And make this a matter of prayer and understanding. May God help us. Let's pray together. Can we, Father, thank you.